welcome to death row. Like we always do about this time. Ha ha ha! I'm gonna your fucking ass! You don't got your plan touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people! I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody! Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. Well, rich baby. I would like to introduce. Welcome to the MMA for Money Show, episode 10. Yes, you heard it right. Episode 10. We did it. iTunes, you know we missed you. You know that you missed us, baby, and we're back. We're finally we finally hit 10 episodes. Sorry for the over exuberance, but we finally did it. We finally broke 10 episodes, which we did on the previous podcast, but now we did it again on this one. And this is why that's a big deal. Well, first of all, any of you Spotify listeners, we are on there. It's the MMA for Money show, but the MMA from the MMA for Money part of it it's all one word we can share it after this we could link it all that great stuff we're on spotify already now we've broken the 10 episode threshold so we will be back on itunes baby everything will get reloaded up there and there'll be easier use for all you itunes podcast users i know that's what i use myself obviously we're on youtube right now and we're doing our best to get on as many platforms for you guys as possible now we're gonna go and do a review a little bit of Belto 233, more of just like a mini overview. We'll go a little bit more in depth on the UFC Moscow card, and that's all before we get into UFC Sao Paulo. And actually, we have two bets for that one a decent underdog, and one a prop. We don't always give out prop plays, but there's a lot of value on this. Before we get to any of that, two things one, Mike, how you doing? And two, how stoked are you that we hit 10? Oh, hey, brother. I'm absolutely stoked to hit 10 like you are. I know that uh, we lost a, a lot of listeners for a little bit that just, you know, they're stubborn as hell, probably just like I am. And I probably wouldn't have listened to as much either. But uh, we're back. We'll finally be on iTunes, the Podcast Addicts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you want to do. Uh, it'll be Bob and I, the nerd in the net going nuts. But uh, I just am absolutely delighted to be here and uh, stoked to talk at some UFC and Bellator with you. Official union member Mike Copenhaver on the other end there. So proud of you for being able to do that. So any of you union brothers out there, give Mike a major kudos on Twitter at don't mess, don't cope, just win. Or he's also running the MMA for money official account. Um, I am. At MMA State of Mind, Bob Voss, your favorite garbage man. I just want to throw out all those tags in there, but make sure you give Mike a shout out. That's a big deal for him, and, and even more so than us being on episode 10. So it's good news all around. So quick going over uh, Bell Tour 233, uh, a fight that we talked about a little bit, but normally we go over main cards. Here, occasionally we'll go deeper if we have bets. One fight that I was almost certain was going to be the opening fight on the main card, even when we were going to go over it, and was surprised to see it bury it on the prelims, was Logan Shorley versus uh, EJ Brooks. Uh, well, Shorley won uh, TK Ho because of arm injury. Uh, Tyrell Fortune, who the Bellator has put a lot of time and money into, uh, won with TKO in round two against Asuna Anyuanwu. I was 
probably did better on the last show with that one. Uh, I'm going to quick skip the next fight because we're going to go back to it because that's when we actually had a bet on. King Mo in his retirement fight at a catch weight of 195 got deaded, man. I, I feel bad for Mo. His chin is just gone. It didn't even seem like the strike that hit him had much uh, force behind it, but just to hit him square on the chin, like literally like just downward at it, almost like it nicked it, and he just went down like a board. It was insane. Um, very shocked by that, honestly. Not just because he was a big uh, betting favorite, but I thought they were giving him a little bit of an uh, underhand pitch, and it kind of seemed that way until he got deaded. Uh, John Salter won a hard-fought unanimous decision victory over the Dutchman Van Steenis that we were uh, fairly high on and were kind of debating on a bet. And you could see uh, things we liked about him, and this, this kickboxer is going to get better and better as time goes on. Um, before I throw it to Mike, and he's going to go over any of these that he wants to, uh, I'm just going to talk about our bet that did lose. We had a bet on Leslie Smith at minus uh, 125. I believe the number we gave out at the time of the show. Uh, she was going against Arlene Angerfis Blenkow. Yes, that horrible, horrible nickname fighter did win. Uh, it was a close decision loss. Uh, I did see some people that scored it for Leslie Smith. Uh, it was way closer than I know we thought it was going to be. I thought it was a very, very clear decision based off volume. But, uh, Mike, can you talk about this fight since we actually had a bet on it and then any of those other fights on Belter 233 that you want to cover? Yeah, uh, sorry that uh, Leslie Smith didn't get it done. Uh, I I thought she would have more experience and do better in uh, certain situations. Definitely was a close fight between her and uh, whatever Fire Fist or whatever her name was. I can't remember what her nickname was. But uh, it, it, it is what it is. You take an L when it happens, and it happened there. But uh, it, it, it was a good fight, and it was a lot closer than they scored it. So it is what it is when it goes to the judges, and uh, at least he didn't get knocked out. No. no. Sorry, did you have something you were going to say about the other fights, or did I hear my own echo again? <laughs> Mike, you there? Yeah, sorry, I had myself on mute. Oh, no um, worries. I was just yeah. wondering if you had any of the other ones you wanted to go over. The, um, the, on, the only one that I, I just thought was... Uh, was a good was a good one was the Stalter versus uh, Van Steenis. I thought that it was a uh, the Van Steenis is for being young. He's he's just really talented and uh, you can see a lot of stuff in him. But uh, Salter just had a lot of experience too for and that just uh, superseded Van Steenis's young more uh, str- I thought he was stronger and more uh, had better stand up. But uh, other than that the the only thing else was the King Mo. I, I I knew not to trust him in, in that situation, but I thought that also they were hopefully going to give him a little retirement love, but it didn't seem to work out that way. Now transitioning into UFC on ESPN plus 21, UFC Moscow, a little bit of review here. Yes, this was a bad night for us. Uh, we lose on occasion, but rarely do we lose both bets. And on this fight, these fight cards we did this weekend was a loss for us. Uh, I personally had a bet that I gave out on the show for Ramazan Emiev at minus 130. It was to win one unit, so that's minus 1.3 for us on there. Minus 2.55 for us on the weekend. 
which has us at minus 2.75 for the show. Uh, he lost to Rock Anthony Rocco Martin. I'm giving him the credit to actually say it for that right now, even though in future previews I will again refuse to call him Anthony Rocco Martin since he was Tony Martin forever. Um, this is 100% my mistake. Uh, I pride myself on knowing a lot of the X factors going on on fighters' lives um, outside the cage, uh, anything that might actually have uh, to do with the fight, uh, with their mentality, uh, those little X factors there. And I had no idea and hadn't heard what's going on with uh, Tony Martin's mom. Uh, every fighter handles these type of issues differently, and that's the main reason I tend to stay away from fights that include said fighters on either side. If one fighter in there is dealing with something like this, I tend to stay away. Uh, Martin seemed to use this to fuel himself to new heights. Um, I always try to avoid fighters in these extreme mindsets, and he shouted out uh, the victory to his mom, who was recently diagnosed with stage four breast cancer, which is no joke at all. So um, honestly, for something like this, I'm okay losing this bet because that win means way more to him and his mom than a little bit of money does to me in this case. But um, again, trying my best to get the little secondary information for you guys for these little edges because uh, that's where we take advantage of, and that's how we win. But here was something I didn't know about, and honestly, it bit me. Uh, I do think Emi have uh, performed very well. He did. Um, Martin was just able to sustain, to sustain a pace and edge uh, Emi have more. Um, was able to win some of the clinch battles and keep it on the feet where he just had cleaner striking. Uh, Mike, uh, opinion on this fight? Um, I know we both don't like Tony Martin very well, but I guess we both have to agree that he performed fairly well in this fight. I mean, worst case scenario, you still had to give him like a 29-28 here. So uh, how do you see this fight going? And just overall impressions on Martin and I guess MEF going forward. Yeah, I absolutely still hate Tony Martin. It should piss me off how good he performed this weekend. I definitely will uh, say when he performs well and he he performed much better than I thought. Uh, he when he got hit, he responded and he responded with more. Um, he was confident in himself. He he never faltered. It, it was it was it was a pretty gutsy performance. And I I guess you know I didn't have any clue about his mother having stage four breast cancer. I I don't like to to bet against uh, people when they have those emotional things going on because sometimes it fuels them to new heights and. Uh, I, I just hope that his mother can get through the, her her breast cancer, but I know at stage four it's uh, one of the most difficult things to do. So I just be more be a realist, and I hope that he spends his time with her and uh, just loves her as much as he can while she's here, and then enjoys himself. But uh, that fight was a good fight, and Amiv uh, uh, just came up short, and we're sorry for that one, guys. Now we're gonna talk about some great veteran savvy. From the Tough Three alum, Ed Herman pulls it off, gets the decision win in Russia as a plus-135 underdog against Kadis Abrakimov. We talked about that Ed Herman had a good chance to pull some veteran type of savvy, and honestly, man, I almost wish I would have been able to bet him, but he's just so slow. He he still is, and uh, but you know what? He was able to show up here and uh, show... The sophomore UFC fighter, this being his second fight, 
what's going on. And, you know, big kudos to Ed Herman, who's keep doing the dang thing. And, I mean, I guess he's was a little noncommittal about what's going on after this. But, I mean, hey, keep uh, keep fighting these prospects. I'm all for that. Uh, you got anything nice to say about our Tough 3 alum here? Well, I always say don't bet against the OG when he's fighting the new guy. And Ed Herman showed that kid what's up. And it's it's crazy to me that time after time again, if you bet on the OG versus the, the younger fighter or the less experienced, the OG will come through. Uh, it's just countless and countless times. It's it's like Diego Sanchez coming back and just winning fights. It's just <clears throat> so many times. And I think it's going to happen this weekend with the card that we're going to talk about later on. But uh, I, I just kudos to Ed Herman. I hope he retires and goes out on that win because I guarantee you the next one is not going to be so good. Now, in general, UFC Moscow was a bit of a slog. Um, nearly every fight went to decision. Uh, there were some fun fights in there. There was really uh, only two finishes, to my memory, on the whole card. An amazing we were not going to break down that fight, but an amazing front kick KO for uh, Ankulayov just looked phenomenal. And you've probably seen that highlight by now. By all means, go rewatch that fight. That fight was very entertaining. Uh, the only other finish happened when Danny Roberts highlight KO'd Zalim Amadeyev with a hard left hand uh, in the second round when he fairly clearly lost the first Um in my opinion, he was fighting for his job here. So, I mean, kudos to Hot Chocolate. I mean, we wanted to stay away from him, and we did. And I think the first round honestly shows exactly why. But, I mean, he got the finish, and, I mean, kudos to him. He's for sure going to stay in the UFC now. Who knows for how many fights. So, uh, your impression on the finish and maybe the next person you would like to see him fight uh, in this division. Uh, sorry, bro. Well, what which fight were you talking about again? Uh, this was uh, Danny Roberts' uh, hot chocolates finish over Zalim Amadeov, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, da- <clears throat> Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts. Man, he he's he's like OSP. He's super impressive, and then he's just coast. He just coasts through things, and this time he was super duper impressive. I, I would not have thought that he would have gotten the win the way he did. Um, he's quite impressive. Um, I've had a, a, a little interaction with him on Twitter once or twice about uh, collecting uh, uh, shiny coins. Uh, so it's he's, he's 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 a funny cat. But either way, it was a great win, and uh, I, I I was surprised with how many Russians fell on this card, dude. I couldn't get a grasp for who to bet or what to bet. It just was really, really weird, dude. And I, I hate, I despise when it's uh, a card like that because usually we come in there just with some good confidence, and it feels weird to to watch, you know, you, us get a loss and or two, and then just like not know what's gonna happen on after that. No, I'm with you 100% on that. I mean, looking at this card pretty much from top to bottom, it seemed like, and we talked about it. Let's get 
the Russian fighters some wins. I mean, some of them were fairly green in terms of uh, cage time in the UFC, but in terms of skill, it just it, it really seemed that way. Now, you said something uh, interesting about Teddy Roberts, and I completely agree that he's a little bit like OSP, where he gets great finishes, but he also coasts. Now, sticking with coasting, going to another uh, a coasting-type performance, Alexander Volkov uh, beats Greg Hardy by unanimous decision. Uh, I mean, Hardy hurt his, yeah, it was either his hand or his wrist uh, in the first round, but it didn't really matter. Alexander Volkov played it super, super safe. He did not want to risk giving Greg Hardy a chance to land something crazy and get a finish, so he just stuck the jab out there and just threw the minimum he needed to to clearly win this fight so he didn't lose his spot. In the division, he did not want another Black Beast scenario where he's winning the entire fight and gets completely laid out and has since called for a rebooking of the JDS fight. That's who he was originally supposed to fight here in a five-round main event. Um, I guess Hardy survived, but again, Volkov did coast. Uh, It's that weird middle ground where we probably have another year or two before we get a full grasp of the type of fighter that Greg Hardy can B, uh, his footwork has worked, looked a lot better, but in terms of offense, the amount of skills he has is still fairly lacking, and I'm not sure when he's going to shorten that up, but I guess getting thrown to the deep end of the pool now, it's, it's sink or swim, and this one, he sunk, so here's hoping he could either bounce back or, I don't know, sail off into the sunset. Um, I guess thoughts on the, perform- the safe performance from Volkov and takeaways from Hardy after this fight well I mean Volkov looked impressive versus him in the sense of it looked like a sparring match and anytime that Greg Hardy uh, mustered up uh, some uh, aggression with a, a right hand or uh, came forward uh, Volkov like threw a kick at him and uh, pushed him away or circled away and jabbed either way it just it was a pretty easy performance I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't I mean I guess we couldn't bet it anyways, though he was such a big favorite. But I just, I just, I like Volkov a lot. I liked him a lot when he fought the back Black Beast. I'm upset with him that he couldn't just do some defense for the last 20 seconds of a fight and win that fight and uh, set himself back. Um, I, I just, it's, it's, it's crazy what he did to himself. But um, Hardy is. Uh, he's mediocre at best. Like I said, I, I, I've never been a fan. I was waiting for him to fight a real guy, a real MMA artist. And uh, that's why we both knew that uh, Volkov was going to win this fight. And uh, that's what happened. And I, Hardy, they're, what they should do is just make some more money off him and feed him a couple of heavyweights. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, he should have stayed on Dana White Tuesday Contender Series longer, or he should be buried on a fight card like this fighting the level of guys he was but the name and notoriety that he carries has kind of pushed him ahead yeah i don't know what they're doing with him but i mean i guess it's the ufc scheduling because you go from completely feeding him cans that he can beat him struggling a little bit with the whole legality of how to win and then just when the time happens and you need someone to fill in, he says he will, and you throw him to the wolves, basically just begging for him to lose. I mean, at least he wasn't overly embarrassed, so you got a little something there. But 
don't know. Yeah, I guess, I guess you keep just recycling the same points when we have to talk about Greg Hardy. Um, and that's probably how it's going to be for the next however long the UFC uh, maintains his employment. Um, in the main event here at UFC Moscow, a fight went kind of how we broke it down. And the reason I say kind of is I did end up betting this fight uh, personally, not for the podcast. If you would have checked my Twitter, you would have seen it. I bet uh, Calvin Cater straight uh, when he jumped up to even higher than when we originally talked about about at plus 250. He didn't hit the plus 300 that we talked about, but he got very well close. And then also with knowing that Cater was going to come on fairly big in the third round, I also had uh, half a unit play on cater in round three which was plus 17 25 and although he didn't get close to finishing in that third round that was definitely the round that he really came on and clearly won this goes back to us wanting it to be five rounds so many people i've heard wanting it to be five rounds the beat not wanting it to be five rounds i'm holding a little bit of judgment back only because if this was a five-round fight, Zabit may have conserved his energy a little bit better and been able to fight off Cater in the third, and then maybe lost the fourth and fifth, but have clearly won the first three, so still would have won, I suppose. But, I mean, Cater is a tough out, man, and he just kept coming forward and taking the shots and was really kind of fighting his way back there in the third. Like, obviously, we didn't get a fourth and fifth, so we don't know say how that would go- would have gone. But it was starting to lean the way of Cater, but Zabit gets a clear decision, 29-28. Kind of how we saw it, we just, I, I just thought Zabit, uh, Cater would have been able to come on a little bit sooner, and wishing we had those two extra rounds. Um, after this fight, I don't know how I feel about Zabit versus anyone in the upper echelon of 145. Uh, I would think that he is not ready i would think either man fighting for the title either uh, max holloway or alexander volkanovsky would have an easy go of it with zabit and i may be completely wrong on that but honestly i don't think he can handle the extended volume and layered offensive striking while circling and coming off the center line of uh, max holloway and i don't think he can handle the forward pressure the fainting and like the grinding style of Alexander Volkanovsky. So who he's going to fight next, I am not sure. I mean, I guess he could fight the winner of, uh, is it, it's Brian Ortega versus uh, Korean Zombie, the last fight uh, of the year, tail end of December in Korea. Uh, that works, or maybe someone else at the top of 45. Mike, uh, how did you go with this fight? How did you feel about it? Now, thoughts on Zabit's performance, how you would think it would have gone maybe with five rounds, and then also like who you would like to see him fight next. And as part of that last question, is he title fight ready? Yeah, the entire time that I was watching the fight, I was thinking about you, and my I was just echoing in my mind that you wanted five rounds that we wanted five rounds, that Cater wanted five rounds, but everyone wanted five rounds except for the Russians. And it was uh, it was sad, man, because Cater was really, really coming on strong in that third round. Um, I, I don't care that Zabit won the fight. He lost that fight to me because it would have been five rounds. It was supposed to be five rounds. Every damn main event for the UFC is five fucking rounds. 
and that was supposed to be five rounds, but he's a little bitch, and he decided to cheese ball and not come for five rounds for a main event because he didn't have faith in himself. So I don't want to give him credit for nothing. He didn't deserve anything. I can't wait for him to get his ass beat by someone like Max Holloway for five rounds because there's no damn way that he can last five rounds like Maxi. And it's just it's disgusting that he um, could just have that much pool and make a five-round event, main event, go to a three-round because he's a sissy and doesn't have the cardio for it or has, uh, I don't know, some excuse. I understand that he has more advantage in the first three, but the, to be the champion or to do a, to be a main event in the UFC, it's five rounds. This isn't Bellator. I'm here. I, this was dramatic pause. I, I wasn't on mute. That's 100%. I wasn't on mute. I was in there for dramatic pause. So I want everyone listening to really hear Mike's final point. Like, to really hear it. I've heard some people try to argue that it's more about finding out if you are the that quality of fighter that's in the title mix that should be able to fight five rounds. But no, if you are a big enough name that you are in a main event of a UFC card, you should be able to fight five rounds. Which means if you are ever scheduled for a co-main event of a UFC fight card, you should also have five rounds of cardio. Not saying it's going to be five rounds, but on the off chance that situation arises, you can say you can deal with five rounds because you're going to have to sooner or later. You shouldn't be getting prepared for five-round fights just when you get your first title fight because that's when those guys lose in the latter rounds to a champion. Now, moving on, we're going to completely dismiss Russia. We're going to forget about Russia. We're going to jump to a more familiar fight ground for most UFC fight fans going back at least the last seven, eight years to a Brazil card. This is UFC Sao Paulo. And before I get into the card, uh, if you'll notice, if you're watching us on YouTube right now and not Spotify, we are actually using a little bit of graphics, a little bit of screen share. And the only thing I have to bring up is in this fight poster for the main card. So Mike's go back to the main card, like the up top where it shows him. I don't know if it's the angle they got his face. But Jan Blakowicz is looking so much like Michael Bisping there. I could barely handle it. I don't know if it's just the angle they got him or what, but uh, we're going to do a little bit, a few things with this. So just introducing you to that. Uh, we're going to start doing more video and stuff in the podcast in the future, especially now that we're back on iTunes and we're really going to make a really big push towards the video and other components. Now, the first fight on the card we are going to talk about, yes, highlighted right there is Sergio Marias versus James Krause. I am shocked on this fight. Mike is shocked on this fight. We have a couple reasons for being shocked on this fight. And honestly, when I first saw these odds, I thought something was wrong. I thought I was missing something. And I was staying away because I thought there's no way these could be the odds. I was clearly missing something. And the first thing Mike brought up when we started talking about these fights in our little pre-podcast meeting was he was right there with me. So you know what? I'm going to throw it to Mike because... His shock at these odds, I just completely echo, and I think he's going to do it for he's going to do very good justice here. But first, I'm going to throw out the odds. So Sergio Marias is a plus 170 underdog. Yes, a plus 170 underdog to the former lightweight James Krause, who is minus 210. Now you see a couple different odds there, 
But Mike, can you break down this fight for me and explain to these people why we think these odds are so crazy? Well, I mean, it's just ludicrous that they have a, I believe, a second degree black belt in Sergio Marias, who's a world champion at that, versus uh, Kraus, who's lost to uh, <clears throat> Jesse Taylor, who is pretty is really good. He actually trains with uh, Barry Yoshida down in San Diego, who is my brother's master and is one of the best in the world still. So, I mean, I can't hate on uh, J- uh, Jesse Taylor and him beating Kraus. But what he's not, uh, what Taylor couldn't do is he would never be able to beat Marais in jiu-jitsu anything. So I don't know how James Kraus is going to do on the ground, but if, if Sergio Marais gets his back or gets him in, some kind of a Kimura or, or something of the sort, he's going to be in really, really big trouble. The only avenue that James Krause has in this in this fight is standing up. So I, 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 James Krause, guy, you know, like if he's in the streets, like you wouldn't look at him and be like, oh, that guy is tough. You know, he, he's, he's not. He's not, a, he's not a killer. He doesn't want to eat people's faces. That Like Mike Tyson, he doesn't want to kill. He doesn't have that it factor. If he gets hit in the face multiple times and there's damage caused to him, he will falter. And when someone that's a that is, their avenue is going to be striking uh, gets hit in their face and gets damaged, then he's going to end up giving himself up in a jujitsu situation in a position. So I, I think that this this line is absolutely insane. I don't I don't understand how they got this line. But I'm definitely going to be uh, putting down one unit down on Sergio Marais and his black belt to choke out uh, James Krause and uh, plus 170. I think and know that he could do it. I just need this fight to get on the ground, and uh, I just don't see it not happening for three rounds. Sorry, I was trying to look for some information. Am I spacing out, or is... James Krause, the guy that got called out by uh, Ref John McCarthy for the phantom groin strike, where it hit him on the belt, where it hit him on the belt line, and uh, I'm not going to stick with this train of thought because I, I was trying to look for the exact facts on it, but uh, I, I can't find it yet, so I'm just going to move on before I just start going into whole secondary diatribe about the whole thing. But I'm pretty sure it was James Krause. Um, we're going to push through this fight card pretty quick. Uh, this fight card is fairly void of like super, super interesting fights or a ton of names. There are some key spots here, uh, like we just talked about with Sergio Marias versus James Cross. In general, in general it's going to be a good fight, not to mention who he thinks is going to win. Um, there are a couple other good fights on the card that we're not going to break down. But the next fight we're going to break down is, I believe, the f- uh, opening fight of the main card is Marcus Perez. He is currently minus 120 versus Wellington Terman plus 100. Yes, I rechecked how it was spelling Terman six times because I kept thinking it was supposed to be Truman. No, it is Terman. It actually is Terman. Um, he's plus 100. Uh, Perez has one has one loss. He, he's a win one, lose one kind of fighter. Uh, he's done that over his last five fights. His last fight was a win, so, I mean, given his pattern, he should be losing. But, I mean, not all fighters go by that. But, I mean, it's cold and pretty steady because that's kind of how it's been for him in the UFC. Uh, he's fighting against Wellington Terman, who's coming off a split decision loss to Carl Robertson. A split decision loss. Um, 
both me and Mike have noticed a little bit of edging from the UFC towards Carl Robertson. Like, they were really high on him. He's faltered a little bit, but they've kind of jumped him up a little bit too fast. And sometimes at higher weight classes. This is a middleweight fight. And Marcus Perez has only lost to the names he's fought. I mean, I mean names with quotations. One of those names is Eric Anders, who isn't, like, top five or anything like that. But at least he has a name and he has, has some decent wins. Um, in terms of a pick, because we've talked about this, we're trying to give picks at least for the main card. Um, I think I'm going to go with Terman for the pick, uh, with the underdog play, the fact that he was uh, fought so close with Carl Robertson and has just in general looked better than I think Marcus Perez has in the UFC, even though Terman's only had the one fight. Um, Mike, how do you see this fight going? You seem to know these fighters a little bit better than I did, so I'll throw it to you to hopefully give a little bit more info to our listeners. Yeah, well, Wellington Thurman has got a really weird name, but uh, he's got some really good striking. Him and Carl Roberson, they they went at it, and they won a three-round war, and he lost a split decision to Roberson, who the UFC definitely was pushing and still has a – they still seem to have like him a lot. Um, I, I think that Wellington Thurman can can win this fight standing. I think that he's gonna be able to show Marcus Perez uh, some offense that he can't handle, and he he's just super strong. So I'm gonna go with you on the under with uh, underdog Wellington Thurman. The next fight on this card, Donna, this makes me laugh because now if you look at uh, Mike's screen there, both of these guys don't have a picture. Both of these guys that have fought on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series for two fights, who are now making their UFC debut against each other, actually do not have pictures. Um, Both of them got a decision in their first out at the Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Then both of them got a submission in the next fight they had at Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. And now they're fighting each other. Um... I like to take a big step back on a lot of these Dana White Tuesday Contender Series fights. I need to find a shorter way to say that. It's getting it's getting too long. Um, when these guys debut, especially when they debut against each other, because in this scenario, you're not 100% how good these guys actually are, because technically they haven't fought UFC caliber fighters, and now you have two fighters who haven't necessarily fought UFC caliber fighters fighting in the UFC against each other harder to gauge their level of competition um honestly I don't have a lot on either guy I'm probably gonna go I'm not gonna BS you and I know it's tons of either guy um I think I'm gonna go with uh Andre uh Muniz just because I thought he was more dominant in his second Dana White Contender Series fight for the submission than uh, Antonio Arroyo was. But, again, don't take that as gospel. Don't bet on this fight. I'm not going to bet on this fight and unless you got a serious take on this one, and then by all means, go for it. Mike, did you see either of these guys' fights on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series? Uh, if not, I mean, know him from anywhere else or any other info you can give everybody. No, man, I I absolutely don't know them. I think it's crazy that there's no information, no picture of the guys that they have fighting this weekend. But that's that's the UFC sometimes. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only reason these guys are on the main card is because they're they were on Dana White's fights. I'm gonna start calling it Dana White's fights. It's, it's faster. Uh, so they both fought in Dana White's fights. They both have two wins in Dana White's fights, and he wants to promote them. So I mean, kudos to him, um, and kudos to them. And whoever wins this will actually have to fight a UFC veteran after this, unless they spoon feed him fights, and then we'll actually see what kind of fighters they are. So moving on to a real fight, a fight that I am really excited about, a fight I have a bet on, uh, a fighter that is all action all the time, even though some of them end very oddly, but most of them very exciting. Charles Dobronx Oliveira is minus 355 versus Jared Gordon plus 295. Jared Gordon has a good story, but honestly, he's faltered in the UFC. He's been finished in the UFC twice. He's coming off a win. Um, Charles Oliveira, they were bandied about with a bunch of uh, statistics the last time Demi and Maya fought. Currently, Dobronx has the most submission wins in the UFC. He is a opportunistic finisher, to say the least. He does have some TKO wins to his credit, but he is just a slick, slick grappler. He's got serious power. He is fast. Uh, he's back up to 155. Um, if, will he make that even that weight? I don't know. <laughs> it's the oddest thing with him. He misses weight at 45. He makes it at 45. He misses it at 55. He makes it at 55. He's a little bit everywhere. But just skill for skill, he is better absolutely everywhere than Jared Gordon, in my opinion. And since he is such a kill-or-be-killed fighter, but going for the finish, especially in a situation where he is such a quick back taker, and I think that's what's going to happen here. I love Charles DeBronx inside the distance. It's a little bit steep. It's minus 170, but I that is my bet on Charles DeBronx in the distance, inside the distance. Those are the only odds that are out right now. They don't have specifically submission or knockout, but I would honestly stay away from either of those, given the fact that Jared Gordon has been TKO'd twice in the UFC, and DeBronx has finished people that way as well. But inside the distance, I have that to win two units at the minus 170. So that is our second bet for UFC Sao Paulo, Charles Dobronx, inside the distance, to win two units, minus 170. If you really like another fighter, I do think Bronx is, DeBronx is a really good parlay leg. Minus 55 is super steep for me to do that with anything, especially on a card like this, where there aren't a lot of other fights that I'm super confident in one way with some of the fighters like me and Mike, uh, before we recorded, we're talking about fights like uh, Bobby green versus Francisco Trinaldo. And I was originally leading Trinaldo, but like there's just enough X factors in there and it's kind of close fight. So, and even that one's close enough to even money that you would probably play it straight. I think this is a really good spot. I think by fight time, uh, Dobronx inside the distance is going to well be above minus 200, especially when the other, uh, uh, props start to come out. So that is my long-winded but thoroughly engrossing and fervent pick for Charles uh, Oliveira. Mike, how do you feel about the Bronx? And, I mean, just in general, how much do you love his ground game? Can you hear me? I absolutely love Charles Dubronx. I mean, I, I, I can't get enough of uh, his submission game. 
I think that he should easily be able to get Jared Gordon down on the ground after striking him in his face. Uh, Jared Gordon is really mentally weak. I, I, I don't care what what anyone says. I'm not a fan of drug addicts. I don't care about the success story. I'm not happy for you. I don't. I just. I don't like the fact that you were weak enough to just continually do drugs every single day for weeks, months, years. Uh, I, I just. I don't have anything in common with you. Just like I don't have anything with common with someone who smokes for 12, 12 cigarettes and within like six hours. It's it's ridiculous. So I. I his little story is ending here. It's Charles Oliveira is going to choke him unconscious. It's going to happen. I, I don't see any other thing going to happen for Jared Gordon besides that he's going to tap out or get choked out. Charles Oliveira's ground game is so fast and legit. Once once he gets you down and then he gets one hook in, he's around your back and has two in body triangle. And within two seconds, he's already got you already wrapped up and you're in big trouble. So I don't think Jared Gordon has the game for him. Charles Oliveira has gone through so many wars with some of the greatest fighters in the UFC. I, 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 I this is just him getting fed a little, a little guppy. And Jared Gordon didn't get flown all the way to Brazil to have vacation. Going to the co-main event here at UFC Sao Paulo, we have not just UFC but MMA light heavyweight royalty fighting Mauricio Shogun Hua is a minus 270 favorite versus Paul Bearju Craig at plus 230. Now, Paul Craig is hopping in somewhat late replacement, happened a couple weeks ago, uh, for Sam Alvey, who broke his hand. That was originally the matchup, Sam Alvey versus Shogun Hua. This fight has become even more unpredictable to me now that Sam Alvey isn't fighting. Uh, obviously, Sam Alvey has... Uh, fight-stopping power, but I think at 205, his chin can't handle the pressure being put on it. I actually did like Hua a lot in that fight. Hua, honestly, he should, this fight is stylized to him, he should be able to run over Paul Craig. He should. Technically, his jiu-jitsu is better. His striking is definitely better. He has more power. His chin isn't what it once was, but you know what? It's steaming to hold together for the last few fights. He's got a little bit of a win streak going on here. Hua, that is. And, I don't know, Paul Craig finds a way to win, which is the hardest thing to say. So, I still think, uh, if I had to take a pick, I'm going to say Hua is just going to get the finish here. He's going to look great in at Brazil, in Brazil uh, from the old Star stalwarts from that country. Uh, and I would say I'm super confident in it, but not enough to even make this a parlay leg, because Hua has definitely passed his prime, and... Paul Craig finds odd ways to win. So I'm picking Hua. I want to see vintage Hua, him come across and just lay out Paul Craig. But there, I guess there's always a chance. So, Mike, where are you at on Shogun versus the Bear Jew? Well, I love Shogun Hua and uh, his jiu-jitsu game, too. He's also got some really good striking, and this is going to be this is going to be a great fight. Uh, definitely a sleeper fight, and I think going to be one of the better fights on the card other than Oliveira. Um, however long this fight lasts, I, if, it's, if it lasts three, we're going to be blessed with three really good rounds. If it's quick, 
I, I don't know exactly what we're gonna see. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. But I think that Shogun Hua has the game to stop Berju in anywhere he wants because of that OG factor. This is that this is the like we talk about OG versus one of the new guys. Uh, Shogun Hua has way too much experience for uh, Paul Craig, in my opinion. So uh, this would be the OG that I would take, and uh, you know I, I think that he's gonna take out uh, Berju. Now, in our main event, this is another light heavyweight fight. This is a 205 fight. This will be Jacare's first time fighting at 205 ever. And he is fighting Jan Blockwitz. And Jan Blockwitz is the favorite. Jan Blockwitz is minus 190 versus Hinaldo Jacare Souza at plus 165. Yes, this sounds familiar. Yes, this is a little bit of deja vu. You have an old middleweight standout who's fought for titles, who's had belts, move up to light heavyweight to test the water since the line to that title seems to be shorter. And the fact that Jock Ray has just been getting stepped over over and over again for a title whenever he deserves it. And then by the time he finally gets a loss, then he's at the back of the line. Will it happen again? Will John, Jan Blockowitz knock out Hinaldo Jock Ray Souza? Yes, I'm putting his whole name together because I just always hear the announcer doing the full-on Hinaldo, Jack Ray Souza, it's beautiful. Is he going to knock him out? Man, I hope not. I really do. I like Souza here. Uh, I like that he's an underdog. If he hasn't hadn't looked so, I don't want to say chinny, because he's not that bad, but he definitely doesn't take a shot as well as he used to. If those concerns weren't there, I would love Souza in this spot. I, I really would. And in some ways, a lot of these, a lot of these guys going up, I think sometimes they don't realize how big of a jump this is. From middleweight to light heavyweight is 20 pounds, man. That's some guy's entire cut. Uh, Jan Blockwitz is a big dude. Uh, he's a solid guy. Um, he's got decent pop on his hands. He's not the fastest, so that'll help Jacare out. I'll put it this way. I want Jock Ray to win. I want him to be dominant. I want him to get a submission. But I don't know, man. Jan Blockwood seems to be on a different trajectory right now. He's just starting to stack up some wins and look really, really good. And he very well might knock Jock Ray out. But I, I, I don't know if it's a nostalgia pick or just because I want it to happen. But I, I'm going to not know there's no better for me on this fight. But I think I'm going to pick Souza to win this fight. He has more experience in five-round fights. He's fought more five-round fights. He's a more opportunistic finisher when it comes to submission. And he's got fairly good fundamental boxing as well. So I, I think I'm going to go with Jacare after much trepidation. Uh, Mike, where are you on this fight? Are you going to go with the former Strike Force champion 
or are you going to go with the Rockhold killer, the Nikita Krylov embarrasser, the starting to run out of stuff for Blockwitz, but uh, Yanni from the block, where are you on this main event? Yeah, well, I, this is another one of those, the OGs versus a newer guy. You know, I, I know that John, John Jan has been on the block for a while, but it hasn't been as long as Suze has been on that block. So I, I just, I, it troubles me, man. I I, I want to say Suze is going to win, and I, I'm going to pick Suze to win. I think he just has way too much experience in there, especially for five-round fights and Man, holds holds a lot of power too. But I mean, I'm I am worried about Jan um, Jan catching him with something. He he is a lot. Jan is a lot bigger. Uh, Souza really wasn't a, a, the biggest 185er in my opinion at, 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 from the beginning. So I don't really like this 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 fight. I don't really like this uh, this situation here. But I would I would pick Souza just because uh, uh, just that OG factor, man. Now, to quick go over our bets for this fight card, for if any of you missed it uh, earlier on, and I also want to in advance say I'm sorry, because there's a chance that the old school fans of Brazilian MMA and Pride and Strike Force might be real sad with this co-main event and main event, but you know what? At least if you're going by picks from me and Mike, you're actually going to end the night pretty happy. Uh, at least for the main and co-main event, that is. Now, for the bets, we have a one-unit bet on Sergio Marais at plus 170. That's Mike's bet right there, the one unit on Sergio Marais, plus 170. Now, I don't know what has gotten in people's minds about James Krause, and I don't know if these odds are going to change, or even if you're going to have this big a dog money on Sergio Marais for long. So if you hear this and you got anything around there, he is a great dog money play. Now, my pick for this fight, you had heard it just – Talking about it a few fights ago, but it's Charles Dobronx inside the distance uh, to win two units at minus 170. Those are our two bets for this card. Hoping to uh, get back into that plus money for the podcast. And you know what? It's going to happen because you know what? We're back on iTunes. Sorry, I'm beyond pumped about that. I would start screaming to the hills about that. Otherwise, And I would, except I wake up my kids and I'm fighting with my wife. And it's this whole thing. So how about you just... Follow us on Spotify, subscribe to us on YouTube, share it like crazy. When we're on iTunes, subscribe there. I'm I'm a pod, iTunes podcast guy. I listen to so many podcasts in a given day. I don't have time to sit down in front of YouTube. I understand. We're looking to do some great new things in the future. Cutting up some video, bringing in some like smaller breakdowns from other guys from the site as well. And before I forget, you got to go to MMA4Money.com. That is the website that funds this whole ordeal. There is great articles. Any given fight card, you're going to get some free bets shot out there, not to mention packages that can help make you money on NASCAR and many other things. So go there for some more information. It's where we're, our podcast is hosts, and big thanks to everyone there for all they do for us. Now, before we call it for this week, uh, anything you want to bring up, Mike, any shout-outs you want to make, any updates you want to give on any of your barbecue adventures? Nah, man, I just want to thank everyone for uh, sticking with us, and I'm just stoked like you that we're going to be back on iTunes and all the other uh, outlets 
uh, just uh, keep uh, subscribing, uh, re- reviewing, and rating us, uh, and giving us some love. We appreciate all you guys and hope to be cashing in. Thanks again for listening on in, and we're going to keep putting out great stuff as long as you guys want it. So please share, rate, review, subscribe, all those wonderful things, and we will talk to you guys later. Peace.